My name is Tina Conrad, aka DJ Breast Cancer, and this is a podcast on journeys through breast cancer. It is also about those making a difference in the world of cancer, primarily breast cancer. My mission is to inspire hope, help one person every day. Consider it like a girlfriend's guide to breast cancer. It's where inspiration meets expectation, where reality meets dreams. Together with my guests, we will share Tina tips on getting through a cancer diagnosis and discussing the highs and lows and what life after cancer looks like. It's about the sisterhood of breast cancer and how sharing our stories and our individual actions can inspire change, can support others, and share light and love. This podcast is inspired by a shining light, my dear friend and pink sister, Sandy Clausen. She passed away in July of 2018 after a recurrence of breast cancer, and she never gave up fighting. Season two is dedicated to Jan Krause, a pink sister and friend to my mom and I. She passed away in April of 2019. She was a gentle, kind, and positive, loving woman. She was a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. I truly hope in my lifetime that our voices create research dollars to fight for a future with innovative treatments that can cure cancer. It is my hope that my goddaughters live in a world where pink ribbons are for prom and weddings, not for a horrible disease. And until that time, I will not stop. And to all my pink sisters out there, I am sending you my love, positivity, and holding your hand. Welcome to DJ Breast Cancer Season 2. everybody it is dj breast cancer and we are here episode four with a very special guest marita dwight smith is here she is the executive director for francine's friends and we'll get in a little bit about what that all is but i just want to say that um i went to a fundraiser for francine's friends um last year october and um saw her speaking and she was so great and so moving and um what a great organization it is as well and then we had lunch one day at panera i think it was like a two and a half hour lunch and we just like connected like on every level and it was it was so amazing and so I just knew that I had to have her on my podcast and talk about all the good work um, that Francine's Friends is doing for everybody so if you want to introduce yourself and give a little intro about who you are and what you do absolutely thank you so much for having me this is just a special treat this is my very first podcast so I can check that off the list very very 
exciting. You'll earn some street cred with your daughter. <laughs> yeah, she's 14. <laughs> I'll be way cooler now, I'm sure. Yes. So I am, yes, the director of Francine's Friends Mobile Mammography. I have specialized in mammography since 1989. We were just getting into dedicated mammo units at that time. I had been going to school for interior design, didn't even realize that I had any talent whatsoever in the medical field and was working as a secretary in the evening when I was going to college. And um, they had offered to pay for my school. There was a shortage of techs then. So um, went into the radiology program. And when I did my specialty rotation in women's health, never looked back, never wanted to do anything else um, but mammography, breast ultrasound, biopsies. Um, had a very touching situation with a patient. Um, we were a little different back in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, things of concern for women at that time, which we don't hear as much today as we did back then, is their concern was, because uh, we were doing so many mastectomies, mm-hmm. um, would they still be lovable? Would they would they be feminine? And it changed everything for me. I, I, I started thinking, when I get married, I, I have to be with somebody that could handle something like this. It, it, it changed. It, it just, it started to um, really give me a purpose mm-hmm. and a mission. And being there for her in her words afterwards of how I had helped her so much um, through that situation that's where that's where it all started in my career and I really just didn't want to do anything but and I've done management and been directors of uh, MAMO facilities over the years and then Francine's friends had an opportunity uh, a year and a half ago and uh, had offered me the position and it has been an amazing opportunity and uh, whenever you're ready I'll certainly share about the program and how unique and special it is and I just think like you this is a position I feel that was meant for you and I I just you know I've read about it and read you know your background as well but like obviously with all of your training and then just you're such an awesome person and like so empathetic and like so caring that it just makes sense it's like this perfect marriage and to me it just makes perfect sense that you're doing what you're doing oh that's so kind of you to say and and i i uh i wake up every morning just feeling blessed i've had uh just a couple of times where i tried to do different things i thought i wanted to own a restaurant for a while and did that for a couple of years went right back to to mammography uh i don't I, I just can't see myself doing anything, but even after I retire, I'm sure I'll still volunteer and do something um, with women's health. But with uh, the Francine's Friends program, that brought a unique uh, opportunity in into my career because not many people have a program like we have in Fort Wayne, Indiana with our mobile mammography. Uh, we are able to provide funding and I call it community supported because we raise money uh, to pay for the mammograms for those that are underinsured and non-insured uh, and pay for that mammogram 100%. And then if something is seen on the mammogram and we need additional images, ultrasound, uh, or an MRI, 
if they need to go into a biopsy, uh, the funding is there for that as well. So they're not dropped and left hanging if, if you know, beyond a lot of programs will pay for the mammogram but mm-hmm. don't have the additional funding to carry them through. And then we have special programs that help them throughout the entire journey on into surgery, radiation, chemo, whatever treatment uh, that they, they might need. And it, it gives me chills. When I see that mobile roll down the road, I I still am just amazed at how, how blessed we are and how many women that this has helped. When uh, someone is in a situation where they may lose insurance, oftentimes it may be just temporary, but you think, my wellness exam, I'm going to put that on hold. I'm, you know, I'll do that when when my insurance is back and um cancer doesn't wait for us at any time and of course all of us know the importance or we hope that that everyone is is uh, understanding the importance of having that mammogram for early detection because our goal is to find it before it's felt where it's at its most treatable and we can really get uh, an amazing survival rate found early and so um that's what I'm encouraged by. That's my mission. What I'm out there trying to uh, to get ladies to understand is, is that importance to have it done. I love that. And I know um, it was started um, by friends of Francine. So that Francine's a real person um, who lost her battle to breast cancer in 2002. And her friends just really wanted to honor her by providing, you know, this you know, service to other women. And I think what a way to have a legacy, you know, to help other women, you know, through this. I don't know if you want to expand on that. I'm sure you've met, you know, so many of the friends, but like, you know, it's, it's such a touching story and and beautiful way to honor a person. Yes, absolutely. In 2005, the ladies got together and I'm not even going to try to say the exact amount, but uh, roughly around 10 to 12 Um, ladies in the community that were friends of Francine wanted to do something very special in her honor and they knew um, that she would be thrilled if they were able to provide funding for those that that could not afford a mammogram. So they purchased, they got together, went to uh, uh, individuals in the community asking for donations, raised the money to purchase the mobile coach. Then they approached Parkview uh, Health Hospital and asked if they would partner with them. So Parkview was, uh, and still does, of course, handle all of the maintenance, gasoline. They, it, they keep it actually on the road. And then uh, the Breast Diagnostic Center is the third partner, and they own the mammogram or the mammography equipment and staff it with the technologist. So it was a community coming together. Uh, to make that that program work, then the ladies continued every year doing fundraisers to 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 raise the money. I was fortunate enough to sit on the board since two thousand and nine, and my role was more the clinical role, so I would be able to help educate uh, on the actual mammogram itself and and breast imaging. So um, they're kind of like my aunts. I, I feel like they they took me under their wing, and so when the position came up as um it just it it just kind of made sense so oh that's awesome 
Okay, I would love to know a little bit more. I know we mentioned in passing that there's kind of like a, a twofold mission. So if you want to explain, again, like a lot of people are, you know, not not from Indiana or Fort Wayne, and just a little bit more about the twofold mission. Absolutely. So we try to divide our time, and we're out six days a week on the road, and we're booked out almost a year in advance. And 50% of the time, we go to what we call community sites. So we may go to a Walmart or a local grocery store, um, all different places. Uh, We go one hour radius around Fort Wayne. That's kind of our our limitation we stretch it every now and again and then half of the time we spend at businesses so a business will call and reserve to have the coach and of course their employees have insurance but this is a convenience for them they're they're busy moms you know taking care of everyone else and finding the time to go have your your mammogram and your wellness check sometimes gets low on the list mm-hmm. so we want to capture those ladies so oftentimes they'll do their own scheduling and they have the coach for the whole day so they can have as many. And if they have a lot of ladies, because some of our businesses, of course, are very large, we'll send additional mammographers out so we can we can accommodate them. Some of the companies will even go two days if if they need us. I love that. And I know, you know, I work at Vera Bradley and I've seen it there before. I've actually taken a few pictures with uh, in the background. Um, and and for those of you that are listening, it is like it's so disruptive. Like it's this huge, you know, amazing pink RV, you know, yes. with Francine's friends. But it's just like it's very attention getting too. So even people that you know maybe aren't utilizing that, it still may spark even like, hey, you know, I I, I got to go get my mammogram scheduled too. So it's it's very disruptive, and I think obviously perfectly so. Yes, yes, absolutely. We get a lot of reactions out on the road. We have a lot of people honking. We've got a lot of people waving. You know, they're kind of mouthing to us. You can tell that they're saying like, you saved my life or you caught my cancer. And for us, it is. It's like... It's like a, a a reminder every day that we're out on the road. People driving and they see it and they're like, "Oh my goodness, that's right. I need to, I need to schedule and and have my mammogram." What some of the most chilling, exciting stories for ladies that. Uh, we'll pass by and see the coach and we'll be at a community site, just park somewhere. Uh, walk-ins are always welcome. And we are we never turn anyone away if we have to stay however late in the day because we know and understand that sometimes you get an intuition, you get a feeling. There's a pull on you that says, I should pull in and have this done. And they'll keep driving. And there, you know, that thing is nagging at them and turn the car around they'll come back and they'll pull in and if they have gotten the courage for whatever personal reason they they may have um to walk into that coach they're going to be seen if we can just get them to the steps (laughs) we've got them from there because we're going to grab them and hold their hand through the process and um if they're huggers we're we're there to hug and and to to get them through uh because so many people that you know they think that a mammogram is so uncomfortable and most almost Every woman tells me, that's it? That's all this was? This was no big deal. Blood pressure cuff is tighter. You know, so, but they may have the fear of it being painful. They may have the fear of, 
what if they find something? And that's the big message that we want to get out there is is that we if we are going to find something, we want to find it at its earliest stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. And I think we talked too, and I I had a mammogram. I noticed a change in my um, right nipple, had a mammogram, which led to another mammogram and an ultrasound. But I'm just forever grateful, you know, that that detection and, and mine ended up being stage 3A. So like, but but what if it wasn't, right. you know, what if it was later? And, right. um, you know, I and I had... Thankfully, I, you know, with my mom having it at an early age, I'd had a mammogram at 30. I'd had one at 33. And so they were establishing like a baseline. So, two, they knew that something, you know, definitely wasn't right. And so I just think that, you know, as much as we can talk about mammograms and early detection, um, because it, it can make a big difference. Um, you know, it, it definitely can. It's it's huge. And it can be definitely life-changing and life-saving. Um, and Tamara was just on the show, too. And, um, you know, for her, she had this intuition that, like, she just mm-hmm. needed to, she just, she couldn't skip it. She had to go. And, you know, and, and she's convinced that, you know, it definitely was, um, you know, for her, life-saving. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. We hear those stories uh, so much, so much. And we're very grateful, very grateful to be able to be out in the community and to be there for for those ladies. Um, I, 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 I believe things don't happen just through a, a coincidence. I, I think that we're at the right place at the right time. And when we get those intuitions and those feelings uh, and to act on them, and it's important for us and our team and who's on the mobile that, that we are very, very sensitive to that and to be able to to guide and help and get them through those situations. Now, obviously, all of this, you know, it, it, it's an expense, you know, so it's it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that Francine's Friends has, you know, some great community events that also, you know, pull the community in, get them engaged. Uh, but, you know, fundraisers to help, you know, fund this amazing uh, cause. Um, so if you want to talk to me about what are some of the fun, you know, charities or fun events that happen throughout the year. Absolutely. So our big one every year and uh, will be coming up on October 11th of this year for 2019. And you will be there Woo-hoo! and hopefully speaking. Yay. Yay! Absolutely. And um, that luncheon draws between uh, on average about 600 ladies in the community and um, some years there's a fashion show, there's always a, a video and fun, and of course there's a, a luncheon. We um, explain about the program. Of course, we, we like for uh, the ladies that are attending to know how much mammogram is. Uh, for a lot of years, that was never really shared, so people didn't even know. It's like once somebody tells us, you know, our cost for this mammogram at a Medicare rate, you know, is going to be $138. Oh, okay. You know, you, I want to pay for someone to have a mammogram or I want to pay it forward or several people at the table getting together, um, putting money in, you know, for the, the price of that mammogram. And it's, it's just a fun ladies event. It's, it's a, a time of celebration of our survivors definitely is, is the theme every year is, is celebrating life, celebrating each other and, um, that we're not alone. Yeah. That we're not alone. And in these situations so much, you know, we want to be able to tell people, no, I'm fine. And, uh, 
when you're faced with a diagnosis and the journey that people are on, it, it's you just need to know that there are others there and, and to accept the help and just say thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being there for me and with me. And I was at that event last year and it was just very inspirational. Obviously, Tamara gave a speech and yes. and like then I had to go stalk her and find her on Facebook, but um, <laughs> and then stalk you and then find you. But um, it was very inspirational, very moving. Um, I remember, too, like some Harley Davidson events, oh, yeah. too. Oh. That looked like a big yes. deal. Yes, there are um, different what we call third party. Uh, fundraisers and they'll have uh, an event and so that was the um, Moonshine Cowboys out of Warsaw and a lovely lady by the name of Tony Adams heads that up and um, some of her friends, she owns a radio station and I, I got to connect the two of you yeah, as well. Sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, they get together every year and it just gr- has grown and grown and this last year I was I was at the event and you there's just a nothing like this feeling of all these riders just motorcycle after motorcycle pulling out of of the drive and the roar of of the cycles I and have to come find this and i i love just seeing all of those men in their pink you know <laughs> wearing their their pink t-shirts for us and and you know they go on a several mile ride and have different stops and uh they raised a lot of money they they raised over twenty six thousand dollars for amazing for francine's friends of uh, doing their ride that's a lot of mammograms that's a lot of mammograms <laughs> and last week we one of my favorite events is cooking men and uh the proceeds for cooking men were donated to francine's friends this year and that is men in our community literally cooking and serving for women Um, Yeah, it's a large event out of the Coliseum. There was, uh, I want to say, 1,300 in attendance. Tickets sold out just quickly, very, very quickly. Awesome. What was your favorite food that you tried this time? Oh, my goodness. Um, I went through a rib phase like there was there were a lot of different recipes for ribs and um we got a new smoker last year so my husband's you know trying out different things so i was interested in talking a lot to the chefs about their <laughs> ribs who needs rib fast you got cooking men right <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> all the food is good it's it's amazing amazing event oh how fun that sounds so awesome um, what is what would you say is the most rewarding part of your job? I mean, I can just tell by, you know, chatting with you that this this is a lot of purpose and a lot of meaning. But what would you say is the most rewarding part? The most rewarding is to encourage someone and to help them through having the mammogram. So um, years ago, I attended a uh, breast survivors a support group and uh, I was there to speak on the additional views why we do the additional views if something's seen on the mammogram and um, the radiologist may see something and he may think it's probably benign but we can't have the word probably in the report mm-hmm. it, we you know they have to be able to confidently say so you get the phone call to come back and nine out of ten times it ends up being nothing but that time frame is excruciating for people. Oh yeah, because it's that that fear of the unknown, 
and we're human and and we uh, have a tendency to uh, go to worst case scenario so um, and this was this was back in the 90s the ladies were sharing a lot of their stories they were asking a lot of the questions and one of the ladies had looked at me and she said you know when I was diagnosed with breast cancer your part was the worst part of my journey she took my breath away. I, I just sat there stunned and wide-eyed, thinking, how? And she said, I have this mammogram. You call me in a couple of days and you tell me that the radiologist has seen something and you need more pictures. I can't sleep. Back then, we weren't getting people in as quickly. Mm-hmm. So several days were going by. She comes in. Now we're taking more pictures. They're reading every gesture, every expression on our face. Our part is so key. That's that special part for me um, is is helping her through that because I know she's looking at me going, don't you dare tell me I have cancer. Just don't. I have too much in my life. I, I don't have time for this. I, you know, and that's that's the hardest part of my job. And it's the most rewarding part of my job. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important on how we phrase things. Those situations are ones you don't forget. You hang on every word. You hang on every gesture, every expression. And if the radiologist at that point decides, yes, I, I do think we need to get a little sample, now we're, they're going to wait however many more days. Then they have the biopsy. Then you wait to find the results of the biopsy. The entire time, speculating the worst, not, not knowing. And to hold their hand through that process, to help educate them, especially in with the technology that we have today and the hope that we have today. Um, no, we can't make false promises. Uh, but what's most important is when we're in those times that we've got people that we know love us, care about us, and our well-being and are going to take the absolute best care. Um, once they are diagnosed and they're with their oncologist, I've had a lot of ladies share that, you know, I just followed the plan. I felt confident with them. I, 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 I followed the plan. Uh, but with you, there's no plan. And uh, it it changed it changed the way I looked at mammography. Hmm. Um, it changed the way that I led uh, with our teams. As far as um, we worked more on understanding the psychology of where they were coming from, not coming in and doing a job. And to us, uh, the actual exam itself is something that we do while we're building a relationship with them and helping them through that portion of their life. Uh, most of the time, of course, we're during screening mammograms, we can just laugh and have fun and try to take their mind off of it. And um, when it goes on beyond that, then at that point, of course, the mood changes a little bit, but people can feel you. They can feel, they know. 
They know when someone really cares, when they really care about what they're doing and and about their health. And so, so yeah, that's that's the worst part of my job and the best part of my job. That's so that's so amazing. And I I know I shared with all my listeners. I can't remember if we talked about it at that two and a half hour Panera lunch, but um, <laughs> you know, um, when I went in for mine and the, for the callback and. You know, then they're getting the ultrasound wand out and they're going up and down and up and down on my lymph nodes. And, you know, I wasn't a complete newbie. I had had, you know, my mom. So, like, I know that that's lymph nodes. And, like, why are they spending so much time there? And yet no one would talk to me. And, like, so I'm not dumb. You know, I, I feel like... I feel closed out, you know, and yet it's right. my body. And so it, it was a very, oh, so scary time and so frustrating. And, you know, my husband's with me, but he's not in this room, you know, so he's out in the waiting room and yep. obviously things are taking probably way long, you know, but it just, it was, it, it's a, I do recall that moment, you know, distinctly. And it's, it's been almost six years, you know, and I can remember that like it's yesterday. And, and that I, I always do tell, um, you know, other survivors, that's the hardest part is the, the not knowing. Exactly. Again, once you kind of get your treatment plan in place, um, it doesn't mean things get easier. You know, they get different and they get more difficult in other ways. But um, just that not knowing, I think it's just that human experience that it's just really, it's really tough to not be in control and have no idea what, you know, your next steps are. So thank you for trying to help people navigate, you know, and, and, empathize with them you know at what is a very difficult you know critical stage of diagnosis absolutely absolutely and from our perspective uh i i like that you brought up the fact that you know uh, nobody's telling nobody's telling us anything um, we can't, and that's the part that you you feel so helpless. Yes, we see it every day, and we we have a a, a good uh, idea of what something is going to be. Uh, but you know, uh, nobody knows a hundred percent until that pathology report comes back. We've been surprised. We've seen things that that we've thought. Um, oh, I really don't like the way this looks. And um, it's just an odd configuration of the tissue, and and it comes back normal. We've seen ones that um, we're not overly concerned about and come back a high grade where we're all just standing, you know, back in the work area looking at each other like, you know, no way, no way. I could could have never Mm -hmm. um, thought that. And um, I love so much our team because our doctors are that every bit that much caring in that piece of time we are connected with them and when that result comes back it affects us too it's not a daily job where you're just looking through you know path reports i mean it, it takes us back and you know you've you've made a connection with somebody you care about that person now and you're just oh but Another situation that I had that helped me a lot is we had a new employee several years ago and she was working on our scheduling team and she came to me about a month into it and she goes, I don't know if I can do this anymore. She said, it's just so sad. We see, we see sad things. And I thought, oh no, I failed her. I immediately pull her off to the side and I said, no, 
what we do finding these things to get them on the road of treatment and survival is not a sad thing. It's a beautiful thing and that's what we focus on and we're so blessed that the vast majority are benign thank goodness mm-hmm. they, 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 that they are um, but sometimes you know I, I didn't even think about how it could affect someone uh, just working with us yeah. um, when when they see us you know talking about something that's positive and it, it is touching us or or they had a connection with that person on the phone and um and it, it it's just it's a touchy feely job mm-hmm. and um i i love it and i i do feel that i was was led to to be a part of it and um thank goodness every year it almost seems like every month there's a new technology there's something new coming out i I love talking with our breast surgeon she is such a go-getter and just always uh on the cutting edge learning you know new things that i can't even keep up (laughs) with all the all the great things that that they're doing and it's just changed so much since I started yeah. um, with with treatment and all of the success that they're having. And, um, oh, my goodness, we have patients come in for their mammogram and uh, they're a year out post uh, surgery. And we're like, where did you have surgery at? We can't even see a scar. You know, it's it's amazing. Just some of the little things like that. Not in every situation, mm-hmm. you know, but in a lot of situations. And the, the mentality is different in the sense that uh, the surgeons are so cautious of um, the aesthetics. Yeah. As part of the surgery as well. And um, they fool us. And we used to say, you can't fool your mammographer. Yes, they can. <laughs> yes, they can. And I I love that things are changing on the research side, on you know, the awareness side. Like it's it's it is a change. Like and I love how you've been involved in this with helping women, you know, from the 80s. And obviously such a huge shift, you know, um, and probably what felt more like a death sentence now mm-hmm. you know it, it's so different and it, it and now it's not even like what kind of cancer do you have what kind of type of breast cancer do you have and and there's so much more being done you know from um a genetic standpoint and treating it um yes. and even like you know obviously i'm six years out and it's i'm sure it's so different i i, I know i talked to you know survivors who are more recent and they're doing so many more things that like i had to beg for or like i was deathly sick you know during my um chemo and and now like amend is like one of the protocols that's just what they do and so it's like they take a lot of these learnings and apply it forward which is really good um and i just think that there's a lot of progress and i I love that you know your oncologist that you work with and you know in the mammography itself you know you want to move that forward you don't want to just have that stay where it's stagnant you know you want to also like have the best things for women you know, oh, going yeah. forward absolutely absolutely and i love that so that is so awesome um i've always had like a tina tip on every one of my episodes so it's you know just some advice that you would give people um you know again it could be a person that doesn't know they have breast cancer could be a person you know after breast cancer but just what kind of advice would you give given your line of work um that you would like to share or impart on people 
I would like to give the advice of to please have your mammogram every year after age 40. I know that many of us have heard some different controversy about um, when to have the mammogram in the last few years. And um, we do start earlier for those that have a family history. It's very appropriate for for someone who had a mother or a sister uh, to start at age 35. But the importance of having it every year. When I've seen ladies uh, come back with a positive diagnosis who had waited a few years in between their mammogram, that immediately brought a worry to them. How long has this this been there? And I don't want to see anyone ever in that situation. I want them to have the confidence to know that I'm doing all I can having my mammogram every year looking for this. Um, if you're comfortable doing breast exam, that's something that we've changed a little. Years ago, um, we were we, we had to educate on on uh, uh, doing a self breast exam. Then uh, a lot of the talk about different anxieties, and then of course with dense tissue, some things can be harder to f- to feel. And so they've we've kind of changed a little. Um, if someone is comfortable, I I, I still do mine in the shower. I and, I and I definitely feel mm-hmm. you know your body best. Yes, and so yes. any change that hap- if you notice a change and it stays there for more than a month. It's a reason to have a conversation with your doctor. Absolutely. I, I'm not saying it's breast cancer. I'm not saying it's, right. you know, we don't know, but like it's a reason to have a conversation with your doctor. And, you know, and if you have that gut feel, like just kind of like, again, we were mm-hmm. talking that gut feel, like with the mobile mammography and seeing it dry by. Again, if you have that gut feel, like with your body and a change, like again, you know, pursue it like you are your own advocate and you have to like you know your body best and you know what's normal what's not normal and I I always encourage it absolutely absolutely is there anything else you want to share today Um, anything fun coming up we have I'm trying to think what's come well obviously the luncheon um, <laughs> that will be coming up in October and of course you know just just had our cooking men event that that was such a success so um, summertime is always very very busy for us and then as we go into October with with breast cancer awareness um, but it's it's just it's a wonderful time to have your mammogram yes. Please do. And uh, um, where can people find like more information about Francine Friends? Um, you know, do you, do you have a Facebook account or what kind of social media? Yes, yes, we do have a Facebook account. Um, also, our website is fairly robust. I mean, we, we keep things uh, on the website very current, and that's www.francinesfriends.org. And it has our schedule of, of where we're going to be. And um, it's just it's it's a nice, encouraging website. It gives a lot of history on the program, and um, so yeah. And yeah, and I'll be sure to um, connect in the show notes too. So listeners, if they if you want to check it out, feel free. Um, it is it's a beautiful site, and again, such a beautiful legacy to someone you know um, you know who who lost her battle with breast cancer, but they want to make a difference in the world, and I think that that's a beautiful thing. So. Thank you so much for Marina for being here. Thank you for having me. This is a special treat and honor. And I just 
so glad you're in my life now. <laughs> oh, thank you. Everyone have an amazing day. I want to give a special thanks to Nicholas Lay for producing my podcast, DJ Breast Cancer. And a shout out to Whirly Gig Photography for their amazing content for my website. And the band Roustabout for sharing their song with me, Pariah. A special thanks goes out to all of you listeners. Please leave a review on iTunes and let me know any feedback or any future stories. More information can be found on my website, www.djbreastcancer.org.